Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. Really glad to be with you. Thank you so much for joining us. As you know, we are the show that is Freeing America, one enslaved mind at a time. And uh, we're so glad you could join us. We have a special guest on, and he often comes on and talks about how to take care of your body naturally and uh, how you can uh, supplement any medical treatments you're having. And it's something that most of us are doing, by the way. But unfortunately, some of us aren't doing it the right way and some of us aren't doing it often enough. And therein lies the problem, and hopefully we can straighten some of that out today. But we're going to talk about what's happened to America's health today since the advent of COVID in our country and the perceived necessity to do lockdowns. And what kind of effect has that had on America? Are there any positive benefits from this other than uh, slowing down the surge, as they called it, um, or is it uh, mostly negative or what's the combination thereof of plus and minus and here to talk to us about that today is Ronnie McMullen from get the tea and Ronnie thanks so much for joining us glad you could be with us today thanks for having me on the show well it is a complicated issue I, I have to tell you from the Hodges perspective and I'll start other than the annoyance of what appears to be really inconsistent policies. Uh, and, uh, and I'll just use California or neighbor as an example. Uh, they shut down the health clubs, but they kept the state-owned health clubs open so Newsom's friends could keep working out. They shut down the churches, and uh, but they could have casinos open and the strip clubs could remain open. And, and that drove people up the wall. And Newsom's still going after the religious groups uh, today and he was recently struck down earlier in the week by the Supreme Court saying yep you can't do that and I understand he's still doing it in violation of Supreme Court order so uh, just using that as an example that that part drove me nuts because um, I because I work out of my home for the most part I wasn't really that affected um, here in Arizona we only had the restaurant shut down for a brief time so we were able to go um, the face mask requirement until you're served when you go to the bathroom and that kind of stuff was in play. But um, in, in terms of uh, how it affected me, um, wasn't really that great. How about you? No, I, you know, when they were really pushing the mask and they were pushing, you know, their, I don't know if I can say the A word, but when they were pushing their regulations, put it that way, um, I kind of stayed away from it. You know, I added some extra food and actually, so I stayed home as much as I could because um, we had a friend that wore a mask and she's in a business that uh, basically you have to wear a mask and that's, you know, just the way it is. And that's fine. And anyway, she started feeling really lousy and she's very fit. Um, she's not quite 40 and she's, uh, you know, really a great health person. And she started feeling, you know, really terrible and and basically carbon monoxide poisoning. She was had high levels of carbon monoxide in her body from wearing uh, a mask. And this is something where if, you know, I'm not saying everybody can get this, but it just, just depends because every body is different. You know, obviously we have many people have diabetes. We have many people that have Crohn's disease. We have many people that have high blood pressure. 
Um, we don't all have the same thing. We don't all have high blood pressure. We don't all have diabetes. We don't all, it's because we all don't eat the same exact thing. You know, somebody goes, well, I had a hamburger. Oh, I had one too. But it depends how many hamburgers. It depends how many greens. It depends how much you walk. It depends. There's all of these variables that go into what your health is. And it depends on how much you're on the computer and how much you're on the phone and you know because there's a lot of frequencies going on. It depends on if you're in the city. It depends on, and I can go on and on and on. So this run of being told to stay home and I just stayed home for the heck of it because I didn't want to go into all the other. And people, I think the worst thing that you can catch, and this is just my opinion, I think the worst thing you can catch when you go out into the world today is fear. Um, everybody's scared, and if your mask is not put on perfectly, properly, and everything else, many of the store owners will jump you and and you know get your mask on and put that over this and do that and you know and they're not nice. It's one thing if they said, hey, you need to pull that over your nose and make sure it's fastened securely and blah blah blah. They're not nice at all. They're you're, you you have something really deadly, and that's how they treat it. So the fear level in the people, especially in the elderly, because they're watching uh, the news, a lot, uh, yeah, the a mass lot. media, mm -hmm. and they're getting their information, and the information is correct in their opinion. So it brings great fear. So when you're in the aisle of the grocery store, um, they look at you like, oh my gosh, you could have the big disease, and I, I'm going to die from it. And the stats don't stay, say that. They don't say that you're going to die from it. You have, you know, two or three percent chance of dying. So um, unless you have a car accident, if you have a car accident, you know, it's probably a good shot that you're you're not going to do well. Uh, if you fall over on a motorcycle at 90 miles an hour, you're, you're probably not going to get through that. Um, you know, if if a plane crashes into a mountainside and everybody's wiped out, you know doubt if you're going to make it through that but um the fear level to make something uh to go and pull weeds in your front yard and make it sound like you're going to die eh, that, that's probably not true you're probably going to be fine so i think there's a lot of um misinformation and it's always put on one side that it's misinformation and the other side gets to say whatever they want free and clear and it's part of the narrative. And we're, there's something wrong when you're not free to speak. I, I thought that it was under my understanding that there was something called freedom of speech. No, no, there no, no. There's freedom no freedom of speech. There's anymore. no freedom of speech. So Absolutely not. That could be our biggest enemy, even over war, even over the economy that's getting ready to do its thing. And how does that, you know, and people don't maybe understand. How does the economy falling and changing and being worse than 2008, which is where we're headed, how does that affect our health? How is the you know how does the lockdown affect our health? Well, and my people... my background in mental health says it affects it a lot because you you get the specter of stress, anger, and it produces psychosomatic effects, and and that's not speculative. That's that's been science. It's called psychoneuroimmunology. And that science has been around since the 1970s. Absolutely. Absolutely. Depression is huge right now. And it's not like before the outbreak um, that 
depression was all taken care of because it wasn't. There are people that are – but I'm curious how that is going to change with the coming economy because right now everybody's going – if they're not educated, they're they're saying, oh, my gosh, the real estate market is up. I'm, I'm making so much money with my house. I – I just love that my house is worth a million dollars, and you know I just bought it for two hundred thousand not too long ago. And you're gonna yay. pay property tax on that. Oh yeah. Well, as long as it's high, but it's not gonna stay high. It's going to ch tank just like it did in two thousand eight, except possibly worse because this time it's not just homeowners. It's going to also uh, be the industrial section. So. What are we going to do with that? And we don't know how this is going to play because obviously 2008 was nothing like 1929. Um, it had a couple of things that were close, but it there was no – I mean 2008, people go, wow, that was really bad. And I, I just go, no, I don't think so. <laughs> no. I don't agree with that at all because there's not uh, soup lines and all this kind of stuff. And they're printing, as you know, Dave, they're printing cash faster than they're printing flyers. So that means our cash isn't worth anything. And I'm curious how this is going to affect the health care, the hospitals, the urgent cares, the just the regular people. How is this going to affect it when there's an overload on sickness? Because if you have $5,000 in the bank and you wake up tomorrow morning and your five grand is gone and you say, oh, well, there's insurance on that and that turns out to not be true. How do you feel physically now that your five grand and, and maybe that five grand was all you had? That was all you had other than you have a little bit of monthly retirement or a little bit of monthly from whatever job you're doing. What if that 5000 is gone, bank closed, you're done, it's over? How does that affect your health? And I don't think nobody's talking about this, Dave. They're not talking about how it's affecting the health. Um, well, I've talked about it because it's my background. And um, in fact, one of my specialties in training was psychosomatic illness. So I was trained very early on to ask a client, How's everything going in your life today? Compare it to six months ago, better, worse, what areas? Um, tell me about your physical symptoms. And, you know, there was a whole diagnostic you'd go through that would pretty quickly tell you, is this person either in the throes of psychosomatic illness or, or are they on the edge? And I'll tell you something else, too, that you, you hit on indirectly, but I think it was a really good point. Um, in this science, they, they call a concept the stress vulnerability concept. And what they mean by that is, let, let's say you have to get to, and I'll just use an imaginary set of numbers here to make the illustration simple, but let's say you could rank someone's depression from one to just almost non-existent, normal ups and downs, to five to where, okay, you're starting to get into the vulnerability range, 10 is where you've lost it, suicide, hide the razor blades. Okay, you could have someone in the four and five range in the normal course of living, and they're going through their life raising their kids they're going to their job and now all of a sudden the kids are around 24 7 because the schools are shut down these people now have lost their jobs they've lost their social contacts so their elements of support are largely removed from them and now the families are more on edge because they're in constant contact with each other now and this exacerbates some differences they may have 
And what we have now is an increase in the vulnerability factor. So where someone might not have been depressed under their previous life, in their post-lockdown life, and the things that followed for many of these people, now they cross right over the barrier in, into full-blown depression. That's how this affects it in the stress vulnerability model. Yeah, and I can see that. And, you know, the question I look at is uh, food is a big intake of how we feel. People don't realize that. Like if you eat a greasy hamburger and some fries, you're probably not going to feel good after that meal. It will taste good, and there's a difference between feel good and taste good. It will taste good. It will probably taste better than most meals. But as far as feel good, no, you're going to have inflammation. You're going to have uh, if you're a diabetic, it's going to raise your blood sugars, and we can go on because of a lot of carbs and French fries and, and, and a bun. Uh, and obviously, we don't know if that's got GMOs or not GMOs, depending on if we made the hamburger ourselves or if we went and bought it. So all this to say, if we had eating the right foods, it changes our mental. And if we... Um, I'm hearing something. Yeah. I had just eliminate a feedback signal. Sorry about that, Ronnie. Oh, that's okay. Go ahead. Can you say that again? Well, I'm just saying how we eat changes how we think. Oh, absolutely. And, <laughs> no question. And when somebody is buying half of the Midwest to farm GMOs, you just kind of say, what the leap is going on um, this is something when we lose our money which is part of the great reset is for the poor to lose their money for the mid-range to lose their money so the mid-range is either going to the middle class is either going to step up to the millionaire status because they did something right or they're going to fall back into the poorville which means you're going to be basically can't afford to eat organic you can't afford to eat good meals you're going to be eating a lot of people eat um, certain fast foods because they have the less than the dollar meal and what you're eating is not even considered food so this is going to change our mental outlook as well um, well it affects mental clarity for one thing um, the other thing is obviously with good physical health the level often mental health goes in hand in hand with that um, it's not common where one measure goes up and the other measure goes down. We don't see many inverse correlations in that we tend to see positive correlations. And uh, so, yeah, it, it, it's, it's a given, but you have to understand, um, America walked into this trusting what they were told. They said 15 days and we'll flatten the curve. Well, okay, Michigan is still flattening anything that moves. And you look at California, they're trying to flatten anything that moves that they disagree with politically, socially, or religiously. Uh, so there are some real despots out there that have taken advantage. Let me just share with you about the mayor of Phoenix. I don't know if you're familiar with Kate Gallego much because I know you live in northern Arizona. But but uh, this woman, it, it, I think, is certifiably insane. And, and I'm not saying that pejoratively. I'm saying based on a shoddy third-person person diagnosis, this woman's crazy. Um, here, here Arizona is trying to get back into the normal range and everything. we got one of the lowest infection rates. Um, they have one of the highest vaccination rates in the nation, too. And what does this woman do on Easter of all days, uh, particularly in places like South Phoenix, where we have a large Latino community? 
And what do Latino communities like to do at Easter? And I've known this for years. I have friends who've invited me. They go to the parks and they barbecue. And it's a great celebration, a religious celebration, family celebration. She blocked all the entrances to the parks. She wow. forbade the use of barbecues. Like somehow that's going to spread COVID. In a time when COVID infection rates are what about? two percent now in Arizona seriously with a survival rate of over 99 percent now and she shut down the, I'm telling you I was in a um, QT um, in, in in South Phoenix and I engaged a few of the people in conversations I kind of stood outside and I said well how's your Easter going oh great uh, and, and almost everyone I talked to it didn't matter what their background was and I'm speaking ethnically racially old young they had nothing good to say about this mayor over what she pulled. So this is the thing I really had a problem with the lockdowns because see, here's the other thing it does. She exacerbated anger and Ronnie, you know, as well as I do, the effects of anger on heart disease and cancer are well established. Yes, absolutely. Well, and, and depression and everything else. I mean, again, our mood swings, our emotions, is an energy in motion and where our energies go and how we think and what we see, um, trauma, so on and so forth. It all changes how our body, the body's interesting and it's, it's carrying the energy that's connected to the, the creator, but the body's not necessarily connected to the creator. It, it's the holding tank. So when we embrace darkness, the body, and, and I've always wondered some of these officials that are doing dark things purposely, not just because they're stupid, because they're purposely wanting to fulfill an agenda from maybe somebody else or their, their own agenda. I'm curious what's going to happen to them physically later on because the body does not like darkness. And people don't understand. There's a lot of people that, you know, uh, don't do well physically when they're supposed to be doing the right thing. Now, I don't know if that goes when they know the difference and it happens that way or if they just, because there's some people that do dark things and they just don't know. They just they just love doing dark things and they, they don't even know the light. It's their nature. I, I totally agree. And and I, I think uh, uh, the religious communities of all types across the planet recognize people can be possessed with you know evil evil yes. entities even so and, and I, I don't care what religion you're talking about we're not promoting one religion over another here and saying this this is a universal human belief right. and we see evidence of it that's what i'm saying that's what i see in the mayor of phoenix do you know she also took down basketball rims for, in the parks she removed uh the tennis court nettings wait a minute i thought that we were told you know it's good to be outside it's good to be in the sun it's good to be working out and if you would catch COVID, well, certainly the healthier you are going in, the better chances you have coming out. Um, and yet she took away that from the people. Well, even in tennis, I mean, you just have to be smarter than a brick. Tennis, if it's two people, and there's definitely six-foot distancing. <laughs> yeah. If you're, if you're playing doubles, you're still at more than six-foot distancing, even being on the same team. So uh, maybe, she, maybe she lacks the ability to count. Uh, she, you just listen to her. She's a woman that sounds enraged, just enraged. 
How do people like this get elected, Dave? Or do you, she or made, is that she made promises. Can't talk about. No, no, we can talk about this. Um, she made political promises, like so many Democrats do, that they can't fulfill. And this is my, my political belief. Now, believe me, I'm not a Republican. Let's make that really, really clear. And, and I have real problems with people like Mitch McConnell for reasons we won't get into. But I will, I will say this. Um, she pandered to people um, who are non-white. And she used race as an example to, to do that. And, and believe me, I don't think she can get reelected. She thinks she's going to be governor, and I got news for her. It ain't going to happen. And um, she, she really, um, I, I will say this, the people who I have who are not white, who I communicate with regularly, and I talk to them, they see right through her. They really do. And they said the seeing through her and the pandering that she did is backfiring on her right now. And, and I said, do, do, does the rank and file feel that way? They go, yes, more and more and more. The problem is in defeating any politician when they're an incumbent, they have so many advantages when they run for reelection. Um, so they're going to have to find a candidate who can stand up to or defeat her. And, 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 and Phoenix has largely turned into a liberal city, but that's okay. You could be liberal and not be insane. She's both. And she's a liar on top of it. Oh well, they, and she's they made the lockdowns have... hell for the people in Phoenix. Absolute hell. I mean, part of the application of getting into pol politics is, do you lie? Yeah, part and of if it. If you yeah. sign up there, and all the time I lie, I I don't think I've ever told anything straight and true ever. That gets you right in the door. Um, with some I agree with that. I really do. With a lot I agree with that. But there are some politicians that are proving their mettle. They've stood by their their, their convictions, and um, yeah, but yeah. on that application, they didn't say they lie. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, once they're in office, I I can point to a few examples here in Phoenix, and in Arizona in general, where I can say I, I've seen some positive things coming out of some of the politicians, and they're standing for the right values, and they're for equal justice and treatment of everybody the same, and uh, they want reasonable lockdown accommodations, but they don't want to ruin people's lives. They want to preserve jobs. I've seen people in that mode. And right. from, that, from that standpoint, Ronnie, I, I have to say I respect that, yeah. particularly when they're operating within such a corrupt system because all governments are corrupt, and it's never been a government that hasn't been corrupt, ever. It's just that some are a lot more corrupt than others. Even the days of Jesus, they were corrupt. Well, they killed the Savior. I call that pretty corrupt. <laughs> so what are we going to do with this great reset? I'm not sure how the reset's really going to benefit us. I mean, it could. Um, but, you know, when you say it, it could, our politics could be good, too. If you had a good leader making the right decisions with a, the right background and the right people, we could have a great life. The United States could turn around, maybe teach other countries how to how to do the same thing. We could really we could really shine, but that's not what they want. They want something that other countries have adopted and think that that's the way to go because the other countries have great money. You know, it's you just say what is wrong with these people? They're mental. Well, I see the. Um, I, I think the worst thing we ever did. 
uh, was what Cuomo's being investigated for now and Whitmer should be. Um, and maybe it was ignorance, okay? I, I can't ascribe motive because I'm not investigating. The federal government is. But uh, you just have to wonder where the investigation with Cuomo is going on putting uh, COVID positive people in nursing homes with people who are highly vulnerable to COVID. And, uh, and th- that's kind of gone away from most of the mainstream media. There's a few networks out there that are still covering it, but not with the veracity that they once were. Um, t- see, to me, that was inexcusable. It could have been an honest mistake, but honest mistakes don't go ignored. And if it was an honest mistake, then you've got criminal intent. And and to me, did, that, did, that's a real a issue. Comment? Yeah. Didn't he make a comment? Will people die? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty I insensitive. Mean, that to me was like, are you kidding me? Wow. Well, I think it's I think it's <laughs> really insensitive for anyone to feel that way because um, we're supposed to help everyone who we can help. Um, but I will tell you this: your mom or your dad or your grandma or your grandpa that died. Well, we have a. Um, I listened to a talk show host for a while, and then I stopped listening because he just went over the top um, in his uh, fear-mongering. Um, he was having a, everyone's going to die from COVID, which we know is not true. In fact, actually, Maricopa County Health Department had a statistic, and that's the largest county in Arizona for those listening around the country and the world. And um, it's it's a huge county. It's I think it's like the eighth largest in the country. And uh, they had a, a, a study out. And they said, according to our data, 30,000 people who are under the age of 21 contracted COVID, nine died. And I thought, okay, well, that is a really low rate. The flu kills more than that. Okay, but it even got more revealing in their statistical analysis. This is official government data now. They said no one died under the age of 21 who did not already have a comorbid condition. And I thought, whoa, this, and, and, and they freely released this. There was no doctoring of the figures. It was, uh, and this is at a time when government's still trying to justify all the lockdowns. And, and, and they're saying, um, in their opinion, schools should be reopened. And they started making the herd immunity argument, saying that maybe it's a good thing if some of these kids who aren't in a comorbid condition, which you should then keep them home, that we do this. And that, that was actually their recommendation and now it's interesting, um, that statistic was, what, five months old. And, and now we're beginning to see national discussions of herd immunity. So I wanted to ask you, based on what you know, how does herd immunity exactly work? Do you have to have a vaccine to get it? Do you have to have the kids catch it if they're not vulnerable and then kind of herd immunity, everybody else? How does that work? Do you understand it? Uh, a little bit. You basically let the disease do what it is and since this disease is not a killer on its own um, it's been told that it is but it's not Um, now if you have cancer could it be a killer to you absolutely yeah Yeah, sure if you have diabetes um, I'm not I still don't think it necessarily can be a killer to you it but it's gonna be more of a chance than if you're just this healthy guy or healthy girl that just everything's going right Anything that's in your body that you have some kind of something going on, it's gonna it's gonna help you not be up to par, but kill you? I I, I struggle with that one. I mean, and the data shows that this to be true, but on the same token, there's quite a few different levels of data going out from different <coughs> places. And we'll just leave it at that. 
So it just depends what you look at. But herd immunity is letting nature take its course. You know, and it's it's kind of like I'll put it in a, in a different realm so that we stay safe. Um, puppies. You know, when a dog has puppies, and sometimes you'll see the mother uh, take and, and roll on one of the puppies and kill the puppy, and you go, bad mother, bad mother. But when you find out that that puppy had a problem, um, it was part of its course. And so this is really the same thing with herd immunity. Um, if you're going to be sick, be sick. I mean, nothing really going to stop. You can take supplements. What? There's sometimes it's just a natural course to be sick. Your body fights off things, and it does some weird things and stuff that we don't even understand. Doctors think they understand the body perfectly, and they're so wrong. That's why they call it a practice. So, and and I'm not going to say I I'm not a doctor. I I can't tell you everything about the body either. But I do a lot of uh, study, and I do a lot of guinea pig. And when I say guinea pig, I, I test things on me to see how things happen. And that doesn't make me a professional, or that doesn't make me a doctor. It doesn't make me anything, but it makes me aware. And when people are aware of their body and what's going on, like sometimes when people take my tea, they drink it for a couple of days, and they don't feel really good. They go, man, my tummy's a little upset, and this yeah. is going on, and I kind of have a headache don't realize that those are good signs that's that you're detoxing so when you're detoxing and you're getting rid of stuff that means you're going to be better that means your immune system is coming up not down and, and you're and helping your whatever medical is... treatment you're taking would you agree with that yes yeah i agree yes. i have doctors i take shots for allergies okay uh because i can get seasonal asthma symptoms so i go and i take these shots twice a month they talked to me about taking supplements. They said that will add to what we're doing here. So doctors are telling me this. It only makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's like an, an allergies and bee pollen, just so you know. Anyway, um, so, you know, and the tea, you know, people have asked me, and I, I probably three times this week, people have asked me, Ronnie, I don't have a ton of money. What would be two products that I really need to have in my arsenal or in my cupboard that you would say is absolutely has to happen? And I say the tea because it cleans everything in the gut and the gut is the start of disease. And I would say Allison Advanced because Allison Advanced pushes good immunity. It helps with the blood system. It supports the blood system. It does so many things that are off the charts that I could do probably an hour and a half show with preparing just on Alice in Advance. That's how powerful it is. It even has B12 in it, which is usually we're deficient in B12. So those two products, and people go, oh, well, your Alice in Advance is so expensive. And I say, not really, because that price you're looking at is for a four-month supply. So if you take the number and divide it by four, it's not expensive really at all. And for what it does, it's actually a deal. So those are the two that I would say. And, and then if you say, well, what would be an, another one? Just, you know, not you're not a diabetic. You're not this. You're not that. What would be another product that you would add to the list? And I would say this is really important. And this is called Minerals Plus because it has 70 trace mineral, minerals on it. It has D3. It has E. It has lots of good stuff in it. And the reason it's good is because if you have RO water, sometimes you're depleted of your minerals. If you're a diabetic, 
your blood sugar will definitely deplete your minerals. And when your minerals are depleted, you get groggy, you get tired, you get grumpy, you don't think straight. And it just makes you not feel good. So this is something that would be another thing for your arsenal. But, and I also tell people, I go, look, we got some dark times coming. I don't want to make people have fear and all that, but we do have some dark times coming. And by the fall, it'll probably be pretty close to its peak. So what do you want to do? Get stuff and then all of a sudden it's not available because everybody jumped the bandwagon a couple of months and then you waited a little bit too long. Why not have a little bit of stock? You don't have to have five years worth, blah, 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 but have enough to get you through till say January. And if you had enough tea and enough Allison and maybe some minerals, um, that you could stock up enough just to get you through, just to get you through January, you would do very well. And it's and and here's the thing: is if I'm totally wrong, and it's not a dark time in the fall, and everything's great, and you know the great reset happened, and everything's wonderful, and people are smiling, and yay, everything's great, then you you still can use it. It doesn't go bad, um, and you still can use it, and you don't have to. Pay more because you've already got it. So you kind of, it's a win-win situation. But boy, if you wait and then all of a sudden the supply, you can't get it because we're seeing that with building supplies. We're seeing that with a lot of things. Different things are not being, they're not utterly available because everybody wants it. We saw this on toilet paper months ago with the, uh, with the uh, COVID. And for some reason, people thought, I guess they thought that they really need to have a lot of toilet paper. So we couldn't hardly get toilet paper for the people that were just, you know, saying, "Hey, I just need to get some toilet paper." It wasn't happening. So, could this happen again? Yes, on multiple levels, whether it be food or whether it be supplements, things that are good for you, and even going to the doctor. <laughs> you say, "Well, I don't do supplements. I'll just go to the doctor, or I'll just do pharmaceuticals." That's fine if you make that choice, but then you have to realize, if everything's out of hand, is are you going to wait in line for the doctor or for a pharmaceutical, are you going to wait in line you know, six hours, eight hours, two days? What's it going to be? And people say, oh, you're just trying to push your product. And I, I'm not. I'm, I don't care what you do because there's enough people that are understanding what's coming. And it's not super prep, but maybe just a little bit just to make sure you're, uh, you get under the wire. Well, I think there's a, a couple of exacerbating factors there too as well. Um, the Biden administration says great economic times lie ahead, but the facts don't indicate that. And, and, no. and, I'm, and I'm not saying he's a liar. I hope he ends up being right. I, I'd rather be suspicious and wrong than I would, you know, have him be right. But but here's what I see. What, what are we uh, in? Thirty-three trillion dollars in debt. Uh, a big part of the debt hasn't even come due yet. You've got renters living on borrowed time people in homes with mortgages unpaid for months, living on borrowed time until the wolf comes knocking at their door. And, and, and then what happens? Your dollar is being printed at record rates. Helicopter Ben Bernanke's prediction is coming true. We're just practically dumping paper money from helicopters where we're overprinting. It's absolutely crazy. And, and if your dollar hyperinflates, your ability to buy anything from a prepping standpoint or even medication treatments is going to be out of the reach of most people if we hyperinflate. And I still think that's a threat. And let me tell you what they're saying. There's no inflation. You get, I, I did a podcast on this yesterday. 
Well, gas went up the first month. Prices started going up, went up nine percent annually across the country. I mean, monthly, and and then you've got some places went up like forty to fifty percent. It's and yes. they say, well, we don't count gas or the price of fuel in inflation. Well, everything is shipped in this country. How do you not count it? And then they don't count the price of food, and that's that's starting to really go up. And so you don't count food, so you don't have to eat, I guess, according to the government. You don't count fuel, so you don't have to drive to work. I mean, this is insanity, and then they call this a low inflation rate. Well, you know, people don't realize, if you, if you think we're lying here, just go to Costco. You buy pretty much the same things every month or every two months. See if the prices have gone up, and you'll see that it's just 20 25%. The prices have gone up in the past probably three or four months. That's not going to stop. Um, if you were going to sell your house right now and you say, okay, I'm going to sell my house for 500000 um, which, by the way, I think it's funny. In the old days, 500000 you had a mansion. Yeah. In the new days, 500000 gets you a three-bedroom, two-bath, 1,500-square-foot house. So it's interesting how things have changed. But your house is 500000 You put it on the market. You're probably going to sell it for 530 or 540 because the market's gone so crazy. People building new houses, they don't realize the building supply um, is going up incredible. A two by four runs you about eight or nine bucks now, where a two by four years ago was $2.15. So this has changed. What does this mean to us? It means a loaf of bread's gonna be 15 bucks. It means that we're, you know, meat prices took its hike a few years ago, where you could buy a T-bone steak Pretty easy for four ninety nine a pound, three ninety nine a pound. Now you're looking at eight ninety nine a pound, nine ninety nine a pound. Uh, ground beef, unless it's crap and it has nothing but fat in it, um, you're talking five bucks a pound. It used to be two and three bucks a pound for the good stuff, and for you wanted the crap, it was seventy nine, eighty nine, ninety nine cents a pound. So we've seen this go on, and nobody's really talking about the gas prices going up. Nobody's talking about automobile prices going up. Nobody's talking about staying at home and how you know it, it's interesting I, I thought the companies might want to give raises to some of the people that are at home because they don't have any overhead anymore and that ain't happening either so the companies the big companies big tech they're just raking in more money so it, it's always <laughs> always corrupt well there, there's no question by the way I, I found out yesterday that uh, plywood has gone up 83% in the last year. Go. 83%. 83%. Well, and some of the contractors can't finish the homes because it's they didn't put in this number of inflation, and so the people can't pay the extra, and so the house is not being built, and everybody's getting out of the deal. Not a good deal. So that's the start of the 2008 real estate crisis. So we are definitely headed towards another storm. Well, we are. In fact, uh, my wife and I were, were kind of Dave Ramsey advocates. Uh, he has, I think, some of the best common sense out there on how to manage your money. And uh, he talks about best predictors of who becomes wealthy, who's solvent, and so forth. And one of the things is pay down your home. So we don't have any debt. We, we don't ever buy a car unless we can pay cash. Um, we have every balance on our debit card, obviously, because it's debit for a reason. We pay everything off. We have no existing debt whatsoever and we worked hard to pay off the house and people say to me well gee that's great Dave you paid off your house I said yeah a great sacrifice but oh you're gonna buy another house Dave no why not because I'm worried if I can pay my property tax in five years 
Right. That's what I'm worried right. about. Because you right. never you never own your home. You're a co-tenant with the government, but if you fail on your part of the deal, they take over your part of the deal. Yeah, and then if you go to get a loan and get some of your money out of the house, it's too late. Yeah, it's crazy. Like and loans it, right now are happening left and right, and people are getting loans for everything. But guess what's going to happen when that fall hits? You're not. I don't care if your credit's 850, 900 credit score, you're not getting a loan. They'll well, tighten up the money. Well, we're already starting to see signs of it right now because the housing industry, what, what, what's the figure I read? It's gone up 15.9% in a year, the average price of a home. Uh, that is not sustainable because people's no. incomes didn't go up 15.9% this year. No. No, we're, that's what I'm saying. We're, we're headed towards a storm and people are in the la-la stage. My house is up, you know, blah, 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 yay. It's not going to be yay. And, there, and we can see the administration is already changing everything to tax us, to take away our guns, to do oh, – we can go on and on. So there's some interesting things that are happening preparing for the great storm. Maybe it's not the great reset. It's the great storm. Well, the cash is definitely going away. Um, the businesses have made it clear they don't prefer to deal in cash. You know, go through the drive-through lane of anything. Um, and they're much happier to receive from you, mostly because of COVID and you can't blame them with all that they're hearing. Um, but they'd rather have your credit card that they can handle with plastic gloves on. And uh, of course, then you get that credit card back and you don't have your passing gloves on and everyone's gloves they touch. Well, you know how that goes. Yes. But, uh, but they'd much rather have the credit card than they would the cash. So even the employees, I'm seeing this, and the banks, I'm seeing this. So what I'm looking at here is, is the fact that uh, uh, cash is on its way out and particularly when you gotta print as much as you're printing. See, right now, this is how it was explained to me by economists. The debt that we're acquiring will not crush the economy and cause hyperinflation until the bulk of the money gets into the actual circulation. If it's being put on, um, well, say like social welfare programs, for example, um, the expense per family is rather minimal and you may not see a cumulative effect for years. So yeah. they're kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul. But the minute most of this debt ends up being monetized in the system, that's when we're going to start to see real economic shakedowns. That's and why I think they, that's why they got to go to Bitcoin and gold. That's why all the, the, the banks are now hoarding gold and they're hoarding Bitcoin. Yes. And you know how many people are interested in Bitcoin? Okay. 1%. Yeah, I know. 1%. Well, it's good for and the people who are because then there's not a rush on the market. Well, it's interesting because on the Bitcoin side of things, you know, 1% are, and then they go, well, it's too high now, so I can't get in and I can't make money and I can't this and it's I can't, can't, can't. And it's like you have no idea where this market's going, you know. And uh, and when you see the big leagues, the PayPal's, the Walmart's, the Targets and all these companies, uh, Amazon, going for the big coins in the crypto market, it tells you it's not going to go away. And people go, well, the government's going to take it over. Um, I, I don't think so. It's too um, decentralized, don't you think? Well, it's and it's too big. It's over a trillion dollars right now. Yeah. They, they, they don't have enough to do this. So they're going to 
I think they're going to spend some time and work in trying to fit into this new system. But they are definitely trying to get rid of cash. And uh, if you're not into if if you're not into the future, what's going on? Um, you know, it's like I, I don't love computers. I really don't. I don't love technology. I don't love the phone system. But if you don't have it, you're out. You you can't even function with your business or with any kind of anything going on. So things have changed. Well, no, I totally agree with you. And things have changed. Things have changed dramatically. And you're exactly right about that. Excuse me, I hit the cough button there. But I I think that uh, what they're doing is is trying to just keep the debt ceiling out of our reach for right now, and the effects of it. Um, but at some point, they're going to have to stop robbing Peter to pay Paul, and they're going to have to go to an alternative. And so when they talk about the Great Reset, some people look at that and say, oh, that's the worst thing ever. Not necessarily. I think the concept is neutral. It's how it's going to be applied. Well, no. I'm curious with Bitcoin if, it's, if, if the corruption level will go down. I mean... I'm seeing companies that I don't like get into crypto, you know, JP Morgan being one. Um, but on the same token, maybe they'll clean their act up, you know. I, I don't know. I know. I'm, I'm just hoping crypto's not like cash. You know, even gold, gold and silver, everybody goes, gold and silver's safe and they're wonderful and it's great. And, and I'm a big precious metals fan. But let's face it, it that's corrupt as well. That's completely controlled. I mean, gold right now should be sitting at three or four thousand. Silver should be sitting at a hundred, and here we are playing patty cake at seventeen hundred dollars, and we're playing patty cake at twenty-five and change for silver. Um, it's being completely manipulated, and so I don't think at this point, and I could be wrong, I don't think crypto is completely manipulated. I think it is what it is, and that's that's the power of crypto. Well. Gold is 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 being hoarded. There's no question. It's get hard, getting hard to get silver, particularly if we go with these infrastructure projects. Silver will be impossible to get. It's hard now, and the price has been artificially held down. And every economist will tell you that. Yes. Um, and crypto uh, has not reached a matur uh, market saturation point to where it can be controlled that way. So I I, I I don't see that being an issue for a while. I think crypto has a pretty good future at least for a while. You know, nothing is forever, but for a while I think it will be. But I, I, I think honestly, um, the bankers are trying to build a, a future that they can spring from definite failure, from the terrible debts that the nations have incurred, to something that where they can probably do a debt write-off but you're gonna use our, our, our money, so to speak. And that solves a lot of problem for them because I've read in the United States, black market transactions alone, whether it be drugs or prostitution or illegal gambling, it could account for maybe as much as 30 to 40 percent of our overall GDP. That's a huge amount. And, yes. I, and they're trying to get everyone in the system so they can tax the system and increase tax revenues and stuff. And I have a hard time arguing with that argument. It's just... No, I, I think so too. But the problem, the problem that I have is we don't need a $400 toilet seat. You know, we th that's that's the problem I have, and, and uh, taxing us on every, you know, I mean, California was taxing on stuff you already paid tax for. So when I was in California, they'd say, okay, we need to tax you for your office, and I'm like, okay, what do you want to tax? Well, your computer, your printer, any furniture, any kind of anything. And I said, but I paid tax when I did this. 
yeah, but you got to pay it every year, tax. And I'm like, what? I mean, so when they tax your tax, you know, we're going to tax you 20%, and then we're going to tax the 20% another 12%. Then mm -hmm. you kind of say, what's going on? Well, then what people do is they'll buy stuff secondhand where there's no record of transaction, and that's what a great reset would stop. Right. That, that to me, I think, is one of the intentions. And again, the, the government says, well, what's wrong with this, folks? We're just trying to legitimately collect what we say we can collect. Um, but it, it, they still it, can't it, control it, though, Dave, because you know what? If people can't pay, use their cash, it'll be one rifle for five chickens. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. They'll always be trading and bartering. Yep. Always. But then let me tell you what um, some of my more conspiratorially oriented friends say. Well, why do you think they have the RFID uh, tags on everything and everything has to have a UAV code now and they'll be able to track everything? They can't track everything. They're not there yet. I think if you were uh, bartering in appliances, you might have an argument. Um, if you're you know, bartering like in washing machines and dishwashers and stuff, yeah, because that stuff is UAV coded. In fact, it actually can be controlled by your smart meter. Everyone knows that. There's experiments going on. We have an experiment in APS right now here in Arizona where 800 families are on, we're going to manage your energy usage to cut your bill. And there are about 800 families that have been on this for several years. And most of them actually say they like it, but they won't let you, for example, dry your clothes and do your dishes and, and have the air conditioner on at 75 degrees when it's 114 outside. Um, they, they cut something. And, and so it's kind of an involuntary high use. And we're all being programmed to do the same thing, by the way. They, they're setting up these off-peak hours where the rates are much cheaper. So they're guiding our behaviors in these areas. Uh, but to say that they're going to be able to track everything that you might trade and barter is ludicrous. Well, it's like surveillance. You know, they serve they, a lot of surveillance. They know exactly what we do. But do they? You know, if you say that you do, that's half the win. So point being is there's not enough people to survey, do the surveillance of what, what they're watching us do. There's not enough people to do it. So they count on computers, you know. I, I will tell you this, though, Ronnie. <laughs> this is so funny. Um, I'm talking to someone I know about law school. And I said, just based on what I know and my professional experience of having former students and so forth, um, here's some things they look for aside from LSAT scores and your GPA and all this stuff. And I went through maybe a five-minute conversation, an in-person conversation. Um, the next three days... I receive nothing but how to prepare for the LSAT ads. So people, you say, well, well, gee, okay, they really can't track the transaction, but they're tracking you. And oh, if if, especially if, if you are into all of the digital stuff, they definitely they track you. But if you stay off the grid, meaning not off the grid, you you just stay in your house and you don't watch a lot of uh, stuff on uh, the computer and you don't buy a lot of stuff on Amazon it makes it harder for them. That's true. That's true. But I, I'm just amazed every time something like that happens. I mean, we could sit in, around our dinner table and have a, a family discussion about possible vacation spots. And then we just become inundated with ads like from Verbo or whoever. And it just never fails. In fact, actually, Do you have we, Alexa? We, uh, no, we don't have any of that stuff. Hmm. Is this, that is straight, this is straight just your cell phone picking up on it. 
Yeah, that's crazy. That's 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 to me is a violation. Well, it it everyone will tell you it's going on. I remember when I first noticed this, and I don't know why I was hypersensitive to it, but I first noticed this, and I start telling my friends, "Hey, this is what I'm noticing," and they said, "Oh, Dave, you got to lay down for a while. Okay, you're a little too stressed." And and then within three to six months, practically everyone who made fun of me was calling me and saying, "It's happening to me." It's happening to me. Yeah, I know. I know. They do care. They're really listening. I mean, that old commercial, uh, not commercial, but uh, comedian, uh, Smirnoff, I forget his first name. He, he was a comedian. He used to come on TV and say, in Russia, we don't watch TV. TV watches us. That's actually true now. Just ask Vizio. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> How many people they watch having sex? I mean, that's, you know, oh, how ridiculous is that? But anyway... The the um, what we're looking at, Ronnie, is is I think you're right. We are going to a reset, but I wanted to cover just one more thing quickly, and, and really under a minute or two. Um, my concern is too is if the costs get out of control in this country because the economy is not recoverable without a major correction, and a major correction comes, and we could even call it a depression. Um, my fear is that we'll have done to us in this country what they're doing in uh, the UK with the National Health Service. They have age-related restrictions. Now, we have a few in this country, but not many, not many. Um, pretty much, you can get treated for just about anything as long as the insurance company says it's not experimental, blah, 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 you know, all the excuses they use. But I'm really worried that we could see as a cost containment um, device that they'll start putting age-related restrictions like no dialysis after 55. That's one that's in the national health care system in, in Britain. Yeah, I could see that coming. Um, it's I think a lot of it's already in play as, as it is. They want to, and think about this, the biggest push of fear for certain issues um, is the elderly. And the elderly believe everything they're told. So then they go and they do things that they need to do and a lot of them maybe won't make it through. So they want to, I think, depopulate definitely the elderly, get rid of them. Um, they want to try to take care of the young so they condition, condition and program them. And then the middle ground gets to choose what are you going to do? Are you going to be a part of going bye-bye when you're elderly, or are you going to do what we want you to do? Now, I'm, I'm to the point in my life where I am entering elderly, and I have to tell you this. I understand how the government propaganda works on its own citizens. They tell you the truth about 1, 2, and 3 so they can lie to you on 4 through 20. And and uh, they, they have done it repeatedly. They lie about their lies. And I don't care what government you're talking about. You can talk about the United States. You can talk about Russia. I don't Somalia. I don't care who it is. You are being lied to on a daily basis. And it, it, it gets proven all the time. And if it wasn't true, there wouldn't be any alternative media. No one would bother to listen because they'd realize everything we're saying is a bunch of nonsense, and it's not. Right. So, so they lie about their lies. And and I'm just saying I, I don't believe anything government tells me, and I'm entering that elderly phase, and I'm not uh, unduly paranoid, never been diagnosed or even suggested I was. But when people lie to you constantly, why would you ever start believing them? Right. Oh, I, I agree. Oh, honey, I won't cheat on you again. I know it was just been 14 times, but I won't cheat on you again. Um, yeah, we're going to really believe that one, too. So um, I, that, that's my concern. And so that's why I, I, I think, you know, 
I hope that medical care costs stay, <laughs> I hate to say affordable, but as affordable as they are today, but I'm afraid they might not be, and that's why I think people need to, one, get in shape, work out, um, have good diet, but also take good supplements. I mean, the value is unmistakable, and we have many doctors endorsing this. So let's talk about what you do real quickly. we got about two minutes uh, here on the show. Uh, let's talk about what happens there with Get the Tea and, and how you're promoting health. Well, obviously, we have supplements, and one of the biggest things that made us famous was our tea, and it's a digestive aid that helps uh, get rid of unwanted visitors in your tummy. Mm -hmm. uh, this is going to make you feel better. This is going to give you more energy, and actually what it's going to do for you is kind of off the charts, and so we'll just leave it at that. Try it. You'll like it kind of idea. I'm going to get to the specials real quick since we don't have a lot of time. Yeah, you know um, what I miscalculated, too? We've got... Uh, we're going to do a part two also, too, because we're just touching the surface, but we got about 30 seconds. I apologize. Oh, no problem. So anyway, long and the short of it, get some bee pollen uh, with the tea and get some uh, pre and probiotic with the tea as well as colostrum. And it's all in special. Go to getthetea.com, click on getthetea.com, scroll down the front page, and there they are right there in your face, and you can buy those specials. Don't forget to put Dave in the coupon code and yeah. you will receive free shipping. Yeah, and we're going to put this up on the website too, so we'll have all those directions up there and this will run through all our basic uh, outlets that we do. Ronnie, fascinating discussion and I hope that we've given people some perspective and folks, I'm a user of Get the Tea and I swear by it and it's something you're going to want to do. Ronnie, we got to scoot. Thanks so much for joining us. God bless you and I'll be in touch to set up uh, a couple of new things. I'll be in touch very quickly. Sounds good. Thank you very much. Take care.